0: Welcome, everybody, to episode 9 of Talkin' Schmodown. We have a lot of great stuff uh, this week. We have a couple of fantastic matches. uh, Kevin Smets versus David Moore, a couple of newcomers to the league in uh, their very first Intergeekdom match. And Whitney Seibold in his debut singles match versus uh, another newcomer, David Del Rio. Uh, I'll also be talking a little bit about uh, last week's Inside Schmodown, which featured the team and inner geekdom commissioner, Emma Fife and uh, Emma Fife's, uh, AMA Patreon AMA that she did. There was a few things that I wanted to touch on about that as well. So sit back and enjoy the ride because we are talking Schmodown. Alright, welcome back everybody, I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie Blog and I am excited to talk about the Schmodown today, Uh, another great week in this fantastic stellar season of the Movie Trivia Schmodown, it's what uh, Christian has dubbed the magic season, uh, it's been fantastic and I I gotta say it's definitely uh, been been the best season so far uh, in my opinion. First off, I want to talk a little bit about last week's Inside Schmodown with uh, the Commissioner Teams and uh, Interdictum Commissioner Emma Fife. Uh, she talked a little bit about the Patreon, how things have been going with that. Um, she shared her praises for Breanne Chandler, who she took over for, which that was really nice to uh, to hear because. I love Brianna. I miss uh, you know. I miss just in general having her around. We don't really get to see much of her or hear you know much from her anymore because she's you know off doing her own thing and everything you know. So I I definitely understand that. But it's nice to uh, just kind of hear them you know give her a nice shout out because she did a lot of work setting up this Patreon. She she's the one who launched everything. You know, set up the tiers. Did you know just kind of set up the format of everything and got everything rolling. So. It was, it, that that was that was really nice. Um she talked a bit about the new $15 tier uh that they just launched and what that is. So that's this started with the uh schmodown uh throwdown. And what it is is with the $15 tier, at least for this uh th- this current uh giveaway or whatever you want to call it, this current uh prize or whatever, um It was a custom print by Brian Ward for the Schmodown Throwdown. And everybody who is a $2 and up patron, all of their names will be printed on the back of it. So with this $15 tier, as long as you're a patron at that level, you will get that print uh, for free. It will be sent out. Uh, She was talking about when it will be sent out. She said probably like mid-March, so a couple of weeks, about two, three weeks probably. Um and they'll they'll be sending those those out. Um she said that there there is plans for you know more things like that. So I'm excited to see what other goodies they'll be uh giving away, what other exclusive stuff they'll be giving out for this fifteen dollar tier. I'm really, really excited for that. Um and they touched on her legacy as a manager, you know, taking taking uh, and Draco and the Shire Wolves to this these heights, you know, with the Fife Club, and really elevating them uh, as a stable and as individual competitors, and then they talked about her future as the commissioner, and the kind of things that she hopes to do, so go and check out this episode of Inside Shmodan, I love that they brought this back, Ken is fantastic, And he brings on you know some great guests, so go check out it's on uh, the Movie Trivia Schmodown YouTube channel right now. Go check out Inside Schmodown with Emma Fife. And speaking of Emma Fife, uh, not only was she on Inside Schmodown last week, she also did a Patreon AMA last week. Uh, A couple of things that I wanted to touch on. uh, It's about a little over an hour long. And she just, you know, answers questions from people in the live feed from the Patreon. And uh, there were three specific things that popped up that I wanted to touch on. Uh, Someone asked about uh, a Doctor Who category, which can't happen because that's TV. And this is, as she states in the AMA, this is the movie Trivia Schmodown. But what I was wondering, you know, this is something that I was kind of tooling around with. What about an exhibition match what about doing TV themed exhibition matches it's it, almost like giving itself you know giving it kind of almost like creating a TV league where maybe once a month or once every other month there'd be a TV themed uh, exhibition match where it's like a specific show for for the whole thing so like you could have Doctor Who you could have Game of Thrones. Uh, you could do uh, Breaking Bad, you know, stuff like that. Maybe like Friends or Seinfeld. You know, just things like that where it's a specific show and you can bring on some new people who maybe aren't, you know, big movie trivia people but they're really good at TV and, and, and kind of see how they fare uh, you know, inside something like that. And just do it like, like exhibition matches. Do them Patreon-exclusive. So if you want to see these TV ones, you got to sign up for the Patreon. I think that would be actually be really uh, a really cool thing to do. I understand it, it might be a little more work because they're adding you know something extra. But like I said, doing it once a month or once every other month, I think that would be a really cool draw uh, for for people to join the Patreon. Maybe people who wouldn't normally, maybe you know, you could grab people who are more more into TV. Maybe they see the you know uh, a Doctor Who or a Game of Thrones uh, Patreon match and, and it makes them want to sign up because they want to check check out these, these TV matches. I think that would be really cool. I would love to see some stuff like that. Uh, hop down in the comments. Let me know. Would you guys be interested in, in a... It's kind of like a pseudo-TV league where they do uh, you know, speci- show-specific exhibition matches once, or, once a month or once every other month. Let me know down in the comments. Is that something that you guys would be interested in? And if so, what shows would you like to see highlighted in these exhibition matches? And who would you like to see brought in? It could be people who are already in the movie trivia showdown or people from outside of the space. Maybe like uh like an Allison Keane, who's uh, I believe she's like the like the head TV editor over at uh, Collider.com. dot com, something like that. I think you know you could bring somebody like her in, and then you can have people from the the movie trivia Schmodown. down. People like you know Thad and uh, Macuga and like Roxy Stryer, who are big TV people. Uh, I mean they're they they all they have TV podcasts. Macuga and Thad do TV talk. And uh, Makuga and Roxy do uh, Hypothetical Questions, which is all which is on the TV Talk uh, f- podcast feed, and it's all about TV stuff. So I think that would actually be fascinating uh, to see, and like I said, to bring people in who you wouldn't normally see uh, in, in the movie Trivia Schmodown. Uh, the next one was someone suggested an MCU exhibition match prior to Endgame. And I gotta say, I really, I think this would be awesome. You know they they've done some really cool themed exhibition matches. We've gotten uh, the Jurassic Park one. They did horror movies, holiday movies. I I think an MCU exibi- exhibition match set prior to you know, done prior to uh, to to Endgame. I think that'd be awesome. Maybe have it. Just, maybe have it be the uh, the April one. And have it come out, or maybe you know, maybe it doesn't have to come out prior to, but like like right around that time frame, you know. Because if you do it um, as the April exhibition match, it always comes out right at the end. And since Endgame is coming out right at the end of April, they'll come out right around the same time, and it'll give people a chance to kind of see it and see the movie, and uh, and then they can enjoy this, uh, you know, this uh, exhibition match. I really think that'd be cool. You could get. I don't know maybe like a five way or whatever you know get some you know some maybe like a koi jandru or uh I don't know anybody who's really really into the MCU I think we could really kind of spice it up make it diverse um do like a four or five way the way they've done some of the other ones like they did the horror and the holiday one with uh, I think the I think the horror one was five people and the holiday one I uh, believe was four I really think this would be fascinating you've got uh, if you do it by that point, you would include Captain Marvel, and so then you would have 22 or 21 movies that you can pull from. You can get plenty of, plenty of questions, plenty of categories. I think it could be a fantastic uh, exhibition match to see. The last one is someone talked about the difficulty of getting new Star Wars questions, And it got me thinking, this is something that I've been saying for a while is that this is one of those categories that I know me personally, I would want to completely stay away from. Now, I love Star Wars. I'm decently knowledgeable on Star Wars. But because of the fact that there's a Star Wars League, that they've done an Iron Man match which burned through a ton of questions, and that the Star Wars uh, category is in every single league. It's in Intergeekdom, it's in singles, it's in teams, and obviously in its own league, that it has burned through so many questions that they are now very deep cuts for most of it. And unless you're someone like uh, a, a... uh, Alex Damon or Joseph Scrimshaw or Sam Whitwer. Unless you're at that level of, of Star Wars knowledge, I, I really think it's difficult for people to answer these questions. Especially like if you know you spin it on the wheel and you got to answer, you know, four or five questions just all on Star Wars. It's different when it's a round one. They tend to make them a little bit easier, a little bit you know more likely for the random people to to be able to answer. But when you spin it on the wheel, they tend to be real difficult. Like when Adam Lovick uh spun it last week or the week before last, uh he it, it hit him really hard because these questions are a lot deeper that, than most people realize or you know at least that they think about, you know. And I think that uh I think that there's they need to do something about that. Obviously, you know, there is there are Things that you know, there are questions that you can mine that may still be easy, but that's not gonna last forever. And so, what my opinion is is that either it needs to be removed, the category needs to be removed from singles and teams play, so that those questions are only used in inner geekdom and the Star Wars League. So it saves on questions. They're not being burned out as fast. And or, what about reusing questions from, you know, like maybe, say, two years ago? Stuff that, you know, they've been asking Star Wars questions probably for the entirety of the time that the Schmodown has been around. And this is season six. So maybe start with two years ago. So let's say season four and back. Take the questions from there and and reuse them. I don't see why that would be such a bad thing. Um, you either in general, you either know it or you don't. And maybe you know you know from watching a match from two years ago, maybe it sticks in your brain, maybe it doesn't. but I think that's probably the only real way to keep the Star Wars uh, league going long term is to reuse some of these questions throughout. Now, I'm not saying like, oh, here's a whole match of reused questions. No, but sprinkle them in. And if you're going to keep them in the singles and the team league, maybe start using some of those retreaded questions there. You know, you got a round one question, pop a, pop one from a couple years ago in there. Something like that. I think that's probably the best bet when it comes to uh, to that. So, let me know what you guys think uh, You know about both the MCU exhibition match. Is that something you'd like to see? And who would you want to see in it? And about the Star Wars uh, category. Do you think that it's fine the way it is? Do you think it needs to be cut back to just Inner Geekdom and Star Wars League? Do you like the idea of, of reusing questions from a few years back? Let me Drop down in the comments and let me know. Another thing I wanted to mention was that on a recent episode of Collider Live from last week, Christian made an announcement that Mark Riley and Jeff Snyder will face off one-on-one sometime soon this season, which I was really I was like he just kind of dropped this like kind of out of nowhere that this was going to happen and it really got me excited to think about Mark Riley and Jeff Snyder kind of going at it head to head. I think that's going to be a fantastic match. He didn't give any other details other than that. So, uh, yeah, I'm really excited for that. Let me know what you guys think. Are you looking forward to a match like that? Mark Riley, Jeff Snyder? I think it could be great. Let me know. All right, now we're going to get into the matches. The first match of the week was the uh, Inner, Geekdom, uh, Inner Geekdom match between Kevin the Smasher Smets and David Moore. Uh, this is the debut match for both competitors. Uh, Kevin apparently auditioned through the Patreon tier, but Christian uh, stated that he at that time he was not ready. So what he did is he entered the fan leagues and, and just rose through the ranks and began to dominate, and now he's here in the, uh, in, in the schmodown ready to rock. So I thought that was pretty cool. So the opening scene for the show, uh, we see uh, Emma and Grace. Uh, Grace needs to uh, get needs to get her contract signed because you know Emma is you know one of the commissioners and so Grace needs to get her con- her manager's contract signed. Uh, Emma says that she's you know going to trust that uh, Grace isn't gonna cause any trouble. but you know what that that sounds like a bad idea to me. Um, she is the lioness. She is, she's still rolling with uh some some bad dudes. She's rolling around there with corruption, and, and that's what corruption does. They cause trouble. So ha- keep an eye out for Grace Hancock. She is going to I guarantee you she is going to start some major trouble this season uh, in the movie trivia showdown. Then we get into the match. Uh, David Moore comes out first. He, you know, he's pretty energetic. I like, uh, I, I like the, the the feel of the guy. He he's definitely the face of this match. Uh, then out comes Kevin Smets with his manager Kaiser, and he is definitely the heel. There is no mistaking that. Uh, he is is he's got a stone face. He's all business. He's there to mess people up. And and just take take this game by storm. He is ready, and we get into round one. And round one starts off, you know, f- decent. Um, they kind of go, you know, they go back and forth. David misses one early on. He kind of remembered the answer, like just too late. You know, it's something you get a brain fart. And he he forgot to use his JTE rule. If he had used it, he'd have been able to get uh the, the point out, but or the answer out to get the point. But you know, it happens. Then we we land on, uh, you know, right in the middle about the the sixth question and he just starts missing. And he misses a couple in a row and that's where you really see the stumble. And it starts to, to it, it starts to spell trouble for David Moore, because at the end of, of round one, Kevin Smets scores a perfect round, and then nails his bonus for eleven points, and that is so impressive. This is a kid. This is a guy who, when he tried out, was not ready, and then just. Went to those fan leagues, like I said, and just dominated, and then comes into the schmodown and hits a perfect first round with the bonus. And David, you know, he's no slouch. He didn't. He he got seven points, seven out of ten, which is pretty darn good. But when you're up against someone who's gonna hit a perfect round, every single point matters, and. At the end of round one, David is down four points. not that's not where you want to be. it's 11 to seven at that point going into round two. Kevin defers over to David. David spins the MCU. he's pretty confident about it and he sticks. in every single one of his five point questions, he has to go multiple choice. and out of a possible 10 points is only able to score three. And on top of that, Kevin nails two steals for a point each, making the score at the end of David's round two, 13-10, Kevin on top. That right there is when you know this is not going to be good for David. At the end of David's round two, he's still behind by three points with Kevin still having his, 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 his go. And so Kevin gets up, he spins movie release dates, and enthusiastically stays with it. He is so confident. And you know what? It was rightly so because he hits perfect on his first four questions. Does not need multiple choice. Just nails them. Boom, 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 boom. And then we get to his fifth question. You know, he's unsure. He goes multiple choice, misses it. And uh, David's actually able to get a steal on this one. So giving him an extra point. And what that did is it prevented him from from, from getting knocked out. The score at the end of round two, 21 to 11. David barely avoids that knockout. Uh, and at this point, he has to completely sweep round three to avoid a TKO. This was intense. I was sitting here watching this match, and it gets down to that fifth question, and I'm like, oh, man, if he, if Kevin gets the question whether a one- or a two-pointer, it's a knockout. If he misses it and, and uh, David also misses it, it's a knockout. The only way for David to get to round three is if Kevin misses it and he gets the steal and he just so happened to, to, to hit that and, and and get into round uh, round three so I'll give him that he's a fighter he, he 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 tried hard he got himself into round three he gets to his first question in round three and he blows through all three of his JTE rules and could not pull. Walter Goggins uh from his from his brain and loses the match via TKO. Kevin Smets in his debut just smashes through, only missed one question uh throughout the match and wins via TKO in his first match. That is impressive. Uh you, this is a guy to look out for. He is going to uh uh, he is gonna wreck shop through the Intergeekdom Geekdom League. During his interview, he calls out Hector Navarro, former champ. He was the you know one of the one of the first couple champ. I think he was the second ever inner geekdom champion. Though we haven't seen Hector in a while, so I'm curious if uh if it'll be if he'll be able to pull Hector out and bring him back into the Intergeekdom Geekdom League. Uh he this guy is if he continues on this path and and doesn't have a sophomore slump, this is a guy who could rival a Rachel Cushing, who could rival Mike Kalinowski. Uh, so look out for Kevin Smith. If, if you're doing Fantasy League, I got to say, I think this is a guy you want on your fantasy team. I really do. Then we get our end scene for uh, for this this match and it's the viper squad, Jay Washington, Janine the Machine, Stacy Howard. Stacy's sitting there she she does not look happy. She looks she looks pretty pissed off. She they come in that they're talking to her, she gets up. She claims that that Jay has not been giving her enough of a shot. That she's just been sitting in the back, not getting her just due. And she leaves the viper squad. She drops them like a hammer. And corruption's theme plays on her phone. And after she leaves, Grace pops in real quick. They do a little jokey thing. She, she says, oh, I thought this was the bathroom. But right there, there's only one explanation. And that is that Stacy Howard is going to corruption. And that is fascinating to me. Uh, th- this corruption team has been building... And I am so excited to see where Mike and this team go this season, because I love Mike's turn to a heel. They did some fantastic stuff with him last year, with the whole uh, uh, th- uh, Thad and the uh, and the commissioner, you know, you know kind of having control over the comm- Mike having control over Thad as the commissioner, and you know, doing the whole um, anarchy thing. I, I really liked what they did, and I was worried that once everything came out, and you know, it was Christian was actually the one, you know, making Mike his puppet, that it would all kind of just die out, and he would, he would kind of get relegated to the back, and and, and this character would just kind of fall to the wayside. But that is not the case. Christian has some great plans for for Mike, and I am super excited to see where they go. With that, then we move on to the second match of the week, and it is a singles match between Whitney the Beauty Seibold and Diamond David Del Rio. This is Whitney's uh, debut singles match. Obviously, he's you know done quite a bit uh, in the teams with uh, critically acclaimed with William Bibiani. They've been fairly successful over there. But he had, you know, people have been shouting for for Whitney to get into the singles league, and so here he is, finally getting that chance against another newcomer, uh, D- David Del Rio. This guy, I, he he's he's impressive as well. So we'll get into that. The show opens up, and Sam comes out to address the audience, announces the future of the singles championship. We're going to get two matches. William Bibiani versus Lon Harris and John Rocha versus Mark Andrako. The winners of these two matches will go on to face off in a number one contenders match with Ethan Irwin. It'll be a three way number one contenders match, and that person will take on the singles champ, Dangerous Dan Merle, for the title. I, I I am. pretty pumped for that. Uh, I, I, he didn't say when exactly the uh, the title match would take place, but if you head over to trivia sd.com and check out their schedule, um, they the Bibbs and Lon Harris match and the the Roca and Draco match are up there. I don't remember what the dates were. I didn't write them down, but they are on uh, the schedule on trivia sd.com so go over there and check out that to see when we will uh, get those two matches. Then we get into the match we have um Mar- Mark Ellis on the desk as usual and what's funny about about Mark on the desk is that he always tends to get uh, Whitney Seibold's name wrong. I don't know if he does this on purpose I'm sure that I, I I understand that after he's corrected, he definitely does it on purpose, but I, it always makes me wonder if he does it on purpose the first time, or if he really forgets, uh, you know, how to pronounce uh, Seibold. He keeps saying Seibold. I mean, it's definitely uh, an easy mistake to make, but you would think he would, he would get. It's kind of like how people continued to say uh, Adam Halavik, even though the H is silent and it's just Adam Lavik. They said they did that for a long time. Or, like, people who would say Maranopic instead of Canopic, they, you know, that kind of thing would happen a lot as well. So I thought that was just kind of funny that he kept, uh, he, and he just kept purposely doing it after a while of Christian uh, correcting him. He would just keep saying "Seabold" all, all the time, and I thought that was pretty funny. Like I said, this is the singles debut for both of these competitors uh, Del Rio came out first. He seemed like a very classy individual. you can tell I think he's he's definitely a face. He didn't have uh, too much cock and, uh, cockiness about him so i I, I really like that. He was kind of cool and calm and collected and and I, I liked his attitude and his demeanor about everything. and then uh, Whitney came out and he does this really cool eraser head. Uh, entrance, if you guys have never seen that movie, go and check it out, it's a, it's a good one and I gotta say I love how the entrances for, for the two members of Critically Acclaimed are always like they're like little mini movies, I love it I remember uh, during their team match that they just recently had a couple weeks ago they did that Monsters uh, that Monsters Inc. one and I loved that, they're going around doing stuff and they've done all kinds, of, they did the Clue one, they did the uh, uh, Mystery Science Theater 3000 one, they did so many good entrances. I hope that that continues, and it's nice to see Whitney do one on his own, uh, not just in, in a team setting. So that was really cool, and I, I thought doing doing the Eraserhead one was really unique. So that, that was really cool to see. So we get into round one. Uh, this is a really back-and-forth round uh, Whitney goes almost perfect. He hits his first seven questions uh correct all the way through, and then um they they both him and Del Rio missed their final question. Del Rio missed one other during the middle. Uh so they end round one, seven to six. It wasn't there was you know nothing too crazy happening. They like I said, they were both real kinda like right, right there with one another answering questions. Couple of flubs, but you know that that happens but 7 to 6 is pretty that's pretty damn good uh i'll be honest this i like to play along um usually i'm in the like for the first round i'm usually like in the 5 to 6 uh point range when it comes to to this sometimes lower if the questions are are weirdly hard which i which has happened but usually i'm in like the 5 to 6 so it's like I don't know if I would do very well playing the game, but I would love to try, and I would love to to go up against you know just like some I guess lower t- I guess you could say lower tier competitors or whatever just where I could have more uh, of just like a fun match like uh, I, I don't know like maybe John Humphreys or something he, he seems like a fun guy or like a Josh McCuga and Elliot Dewberry I'll take on the I'll take on the Wildberries in a handicap match just because it would be hilarious to be in that match, but. For this one, I actually had a perfect round. I think it's the first time I have ever had a perfect round going through. I mean, it's possible that I have, but as far as I can remember, it's the first time that I've had a perfect round. And the fact that neither of them did, and I did. I mean, granted, I'm sitting, you know, on my couch. So, I, as they always say, it's very different when you're under the lights. So, who knows if I would have actually remembered all the these answers? Uh, uh, sitting under the lights at you know at the desk or at the at the table, but I I I got a perfect round. I thought I was really proud of myself for that. However, I did not do that with, do so well in round two as I barely scored any points for the questions that they were asked. Uh, round two comes around. Whitney defers and David gets a uh, spinner's choice, and surprisingly goes with famous actors and actresses. This is not a category you tend to see be chosen on a spinner's choice because it is very broad. You know you're talking you know pretty much every actor and actress for you know, I mean, for the most part, although I mean they're famous actors and actresses, but still, there are hundreds of people with hundreds of thousands, hundreds to thousands of movies that this could be. It's a huge pool of questions uh, that could be in here, so it could literally be from anything. So that is why I was shocked that uh, he went with that on, on a spinner's choice. And honestly, I thought these were some really tough questions. I don't think I got a single one right in uh, in, in in this this section. And out of a possible eight, Del Rio, or, uh, yeah, out of a possible eight, Del Rio scored. Four points. He got his first three right. Questions two and three, he did multiple choice. But then he went multiple choice on question four and missed it. And unfortunately for uh, Whitney, he was not able to capitalize to get the steal. The uh, That portion of the round ended seven to ten. And then we go into Whitney's spin. He spins Robin Williams and decides to stay with it. thought, you know, it's Robin Williams. He probably shouldn't be too bad. Out of his possible eight, also only scores four. Gets his uh, question two and four correct. Goes multiple choice on his questions one and three. Misses. And Del Rio is able to get a steal on both of those. Making the final score 11 to 12 in favor of David Del Rio. So Del Rio was down one point at the end of round one. And is now up one point at the end of round two. This was a rough round for both competitors. Um, Like I said, both competitors scored 4 out of 8 points of their own uh, questions. Um, Though Del Rio was able to get a couple of steals. Unfortunately, Whitney was not. If Whitney had been able to get the steal on the one question, it would have been tied going into round 3. But, you know, it it, it is what it is. That's kind of the way it, it goes uh, the Robin Williams category was a bit harder than he expected it to be, and, and you know sometimes that's just how it falls. So then we get into round three, and this was a tough one to watch. I have to admit, Whitney misses his first two questions, comes down to his five pointer. He hits it, which is good because it, it, it he avoids the TKO. He ending his questions, he's up four points, sixteen to twelve but david del rio he he's he's a bit of a force and he nails his first two questions winning the match 17 to 16 if if he if if whitney had been able to uh get that steal and get that one extra point we would have at least gotten to see del rio go to his five and possibly have been, you know if he had missed it possibly seen a uh, a sudden death and and the match could have been different. we could have seen a different outcome with, with going into sudden death who knows what would have happened but that's why I always say every single point matters in these games you you, you really got you really gotta be on top top of the ball you know even if he had gotten a, say he had gotten his final question right in round one and gone and gotten that perfect round and maybe and then gotten. That second, or that that bonus question, he would have been up a point going into David's last question, and if he had missed it, he'd have won. You know, so it, who knows how things how things could have turned out? Unfortunately, that for for Whitney, that is not the case. But congratulations to David. He, I, you know what? I think this this guy, he he's, he's another person to look out for. Um, I, I'm really. I'm really excited to see uh, what he does this season. I think he needs to be a little bit more cautious about what he chooses on the wheel. I think he needs to be a, you know, a little bit more strategic than just picking something so broad like famous actors and actresses when you land on a Spinner's Choice. Go for something a little bit more zeroed in to your own strengths. And I think he would have... I think it would have been... And yes, he did win, but I think it would have been a better uh, overall point match for him. And uh, he, he might have actually gotten uh, the TKO if that had been the case. So, something to think about. I, I, I gotta say, I do. I really like the guy. I, I hope that, uh, you know, I hope we see a lot more of him. Uh, we go into the interviews. Whitney, I mean, he had a rough time. But I really hope that he continues to play singles. Um, Bibbs was there with him during uh, the you know the backstage interview. They have a uh, critically acclaimed match coming up soon. A title match against the Shire Wolves. So we'll at least get to see that. Hopefully he'll have better luck there. And uh, hopefully we'll see him again. Like I said, this was his, his first match in the singles. And I hope that losing didn't deter him from coming back into singles play. And so that pretty much that wraps up everything for uh, this week. You know, was, you know, pretty pretty simple. It was they were good matches. Nothing crazy happened. No big controversies or anything like that. No big challenges or, or anything. Nothing that uh, stuck out like that. Just two solid matches that uh, I, I think really helped push season six Uh, into the sphere of one of the best seasons, if not the best season, uh, of the movie trivia, Schmodown. And so for next week, I will be discussing the uh, Schmodown Throwdown, which aired uh, this past Saturday. Uh, Luckily, they are releasing uh, the Schmodown Throwdown this week in two parts. Uh, We are getting the tag team match of the Odd Couple, Versus the Scream Queens, which is out right now for all patrons. And drops on Thursday to the public on the Movie Trivia Schmode on YouTube channel. And then on Friday, uh, we'll drop the Inner Geekdom title match of Mike Kalinowski versus Rachel the Crusher Cushing. These are both really good matches. That Inner Geekdom title match is awesome. It is such a good match. These two competitors are at the top of their game, I am I, I'm so excited to talk about it next week because this event was fantastic, and it had so, some uh, some so, some great uh, scenes throughout, uh, some great cut scenes throughout uh, the event as well, which uh, I will talk about then next week. Uh, also, I'll be talking about uh, inside Schmodown uh, this this week. It is Stacy Howard uh, with Ken Napsox. so give that one a check. You'll get some, uh, probably get some insight into what's going on with her. And uh, and I'm telling you, corruption, It's that's where it's going. Why else would that music play? And why would Grace come in? I'm just saying, check out Inside Schmodown on the Movie Trivia Schmodown uh, YouTube channel. That's it for me. I am Josh the Merc Rainer, owner of Merc with a Movie blog. Please head over to my Facebook page at uh, Merck with the Movie Blog. Give it a follow, or give it a like. You know, share it with your friends. Uh, I, I post reviews and, and I post links to the podcasts over there. I also do another podcast called After Live. It's my uh, after. It's my Collider Live After Show. So if you are a Collider Live fan, be sure to check that one out. And follow me on other social medias. I'm on Twitter and Instagram at movie blog That's movie blog merc. So go and follow me on there, and check out my YouTube channel as well. Merc with a movie blog on YouTube. I am doing uh, like trailer uh, reactions and uh, like mini spoiler, non spoiler reviews. I've done a couple trailer reactions, and I've got one. A trailer or one spoiler, non-spoiler review up right now. I, I and my plan is to do more, so make sure to go over there and check that out. And please, please, please subscribe to the uh, Apple Podcast feed. I'm also on SoundCloud, but definitely the Apple Podcast feed. If you listen on Apple Podcasts, subscribe. And if you like what you hear, please rate and review. Give me a four or five star. That'll really help me out in the ratings. Help push me up and possibly uh, get to a point where I could uh, put get sponsors or something like that. That would be fantastic. Thank you so much for listening, uh, and, and I hope you guys enjoyed what you heard, and I hope you guys come back next week for another episode because we have been talking Schmodown.